and welcome, and thank you for listening to Engage with Eagle Forum. I am Kirsten Hassler, the Washington Executive Director for Eagle Forum, and I'm joined with Glenn McKay, a former Executive Director and current board member of Eagle Forum. Engage with Eagle Forum is a podcast to encourage the modern-day woman and her vital role in helping shape society. In this episode, we will be talking with Eagle Forum Chairman Ann Schlafly-Corey about her firsthand knowledge of the circumstances and motivations that shaped Phyllis Schlafly into not only a wife and mother, but a leader in politics for over 50 years. Anne, thank you so much for joining us. What a pleasure to be with you all, and it's so wonderful to see dynamic young women engaged in these issues that my mother worked so hard for so many years. Well, Anne, of course, it goes without saying that we are both admirers of Phyllis and all of her work. She really paved the way for the pro-family movement and faithfully advanced the cause of uh, what we would call constitutional conservatism in every battle that she fought. But many of our listeners may not know what we mean by pro-family or constitutional conservatism. So to start, will you just tell us a little bit about the ideas and the principles that drove Phyllis? Well, the principles are that the family is the center of life. And you can't have a vibrant society unless you have a strong and vibrant family. Because the family is its own economy, its own economic system. You have a breadwinner, you have someone who is, you have the mother who's raising the children, you have the children, and they're self-sustaining. And if you have all of these component parts, then you have a society that functions well. And so it is important for every family that we have a strong society made up of strong families. When society falls apart, it is because the family has fallen apart. Very good points. As we were preparing to chat with you, we came across countless awards that Phyllis had received. There were a number of honors, uh, Lifetime Achievement Awards, Patriot Awards, and she was even once named one of the 100 most important women of the 20th century. But the quotes about her really are astounding. Uh, when the Reagan Diaries were published in 2007, it was discovered that President Reagan had included this entry. Phyllis Schlafly came by. She's darned effective. Her plan to counter the new ERA campaign is brilliant. Tell us a little bit about um, Phyllis's work. How, why would Ronald Reagan write something like that about her in his diary? Well, in 1983, when she visited the White House and visited President Reagan, ERA, the Equal Rights Amendment, had failed ratification, but the proponents were trying to bring it back. And so that's what that discussion was about. And of course, she was darned effective. <laughs> and that was the brilliance of her career in politics. And I believe that her effectiveness stemmed from several reasons. One, she believed strongly in training women to do the work. Mm -hmm. In other words, she was a master delegator. She would identify an issue that needed to be addressed, and then she would find people and train them, educate them on the issue, and then say, go do it. And that kind of leadership is so crucial for an effective organization. And it, it is a force multiplier for how, because one person can only do so much. But if one person finds 10 people or 100 people to do what they're doing, it's powerful. And that's what she did. Wow, that's really amazing how one person can really make a world of a difference. 
The economist George Gilder wrote in one of his books in 1987, when the histories of this era are seriously written, Phyllis Schlafly will take her place among the tiny number of leaders who made a decisive and permanent difference. She changed the political landscape of her country. In fact, by the measure of the odds she faced and overcame, Schlafly's achievement excels all the others. Kirsten and I, and I know every other executive director that came before us can attest to the honor and respect she received in Washington. Um, didn't matter if it was in the House of Representatives or the Senate or the White House, everyone respected her, even if they were fighting against her. And that really is because of her story, uh, because of who she was, how she carried herself. And that's part of the story that we want to tell our listeners today. We want them to understand that when Phyllis first started, she really was no different than many of them. She was a housewife and a mother, and she began by organizing in her home. So tell us more about her. That's all true. And I think it's the reason why she was so respected was because she had integrity. You knew where she stood. There was never any doubt the issues that she uh, believed in. And I think it is so important that in this world of Washington where people will stick their finger out and see which way the wind was blowing, you didn't have to guess what side Phyllis Schlafly was going to take on an issue. It was always clear from the get-go. Now, where did this come from? How did she get this source of integrity, moral authority, and her strong belief system? First, it started with her faith. Her faith is, was central to everything that she did. Early on in her life, she saw the evils of communism. In the 1950s, she saw how communism was atheistic and how it would destroy the United States and destroy the free enterprise system. She spent many years fighting communism. And in the 1950s, this was a existential fight for Americans because there was a real threat that the communists were going to take over our system of government and she fought strongly on that. So that is where she started her activism was in a fight that she thought would protect the future of her family. Everything that my mother did was with the eye of this will make my family's future life better if I do this job. So did she really get activated once she started a family or had she always been involved in the political and local field? So the story goes that my mother had to work her way through college. She had a full-time job, and in the 1940s, full-time was 48 hours a week um, that she worked. And, so, and then she carried a full load at the university, Washington University in St. Louis. Well, in order to make it fit with her work schedule, the classes that she could take to work fit with the work schedule were political science. <laughs> so that's what determined her major because those were the classes that fit her work schedule. So she ended up majoring in political science. Then she got her master's in political science. Then she worked for a year in Washington at the American Enterprise Institute and then came back to St. Louis. And actually, she was campaign manager for a congressional candidate who won in 1948. Um, so she got a little taste of the political life in that regard. Mm -hmm. But when she got married at age 25, she married a man who was interested in politics, and they continued their tabletop discussions of what was going on in the world, and I think each encouraged the other. That's such a neat story. Of I, I feel like it's a lot like my own, probably yours too, Glenn. Mm -hmm. 
it really is fun to see how generations can be a lot of the same and identical mm-hmm. and we can have still hold the same values that she had even though it's many many years later yeah as phyllis had we both have great husbands and are fortunate in that way they encourage our work we have a lot of conversation in our house um i think my husband would say you know he moved to washington years ago with a democrat and a republican resume but as he worked through issues and as we discussed things uh he's become increasingly more conservative so um it's it's interesting how even in politics Uh, husbands and wives can encourage each other. There's no question on that. I firmly believe that Phyllis Schlafly could not have done what she did without Fred Schlafly, that he was critical to her success. And he was critical because he supported her in four ways, financially, emotionally, intellectually, and spiritually. And those four ways of, of, of a support that a wife can get from a husband makes all the difference in the world. Tell us, uh, what was Phyllis's full-time job when she was in college? Would you believe that she tested ammunition for guns used in World War II? <laughs> it's amazing. It's amazing. She was a Rosie the Riveter. She went. She got a job because the uh, the male workforce was fighting World War II, and there were all these jobs on the home front, industry jobs, uh, manufacturing jobs that had opened up to women. And the advantage is that, of course, they were good-paying jobs. Mm-hmm. They were also manual labor jobs. And at one point, my mother uh, mentioned, you know, this in talking about this question of equal pay for equal work and what a a woman's job versus a man's job and if you do the same job are you getting equal pay well she always pointed out that the manufacturing job she did in college involved heavy lifting uh, at times, uh, maybe the bullets or the munitions, and she was never required to do the heavy lifting. The men were required to do it, but they were also paid more too. That's interesting. And I think that anyone who probably knew her wouldn't be surprised that she worked with weapons. <laughs> she, she was a great speaker and debater and just had such great diction at helping explain her positions in a very, very easily digested manner. And I think that was critical to her success mm-hmm. because even though she had a university degree, she did not speak in a elite language. Mm -hmm. She spoke common sense. She spoke in a language that was easily comprehensible by everybody, including her own children. That's right. Uh, There's even a a George Gilder quote that followed the one mentioned before. He said, she won in part because she is one of the country's best speakers and debaters and its best pamphleteer since Tom Paine. She won because of her indefatigable energy and willpower, mobilizing women and state after state. So as Kristen mentioned, we all can see how she was incredibly articulate, clear thinking. She could take these wildly complex issues and distill them down to a level that anyone could understand. People say that all the time and people are always telling us how uh, they depended on her writings. And I mean, congressmen, governors, state legislature, legislators, uh, my grandmother even, and the list could go on and on, but she would be quick to say that her abilities to speak to you know crowds of thousands of people or to write to the masses didn't come naturally. Uh, was this something that she practiced? My mother was extremely shy. 
and uh, she was an introvert. And she has she told me how it took her a long time to get over the fear of of speaking in front of people or putting herself out there. All she considered leadership to be learned, not. Mm-hmm innate. Mm -hmm. And she had to learn leadership skills. And once she learned them, she thought it was so critical to teach these leadership skills Mm -hmm. to other people, because her view was, if I can learn it, anybody can Mm -hmm. learn it. And and so speaking clearly to people and getting your point across, I mean, that's valuable no matter what you're doing in life. Because what she realized is that if you distill what you want in something that is easily understood and no more than three minutes, and she would train people on three-minute speeches with a stopwatch. Mm-hmm. And once you went 301, boom, you're, the hook <laughs> came, you, the microphone went off, you couldn't speak anymore, even if you were just coming to the punchline. Three minutes out. Now, three minutes is 400 words, which is what makes a three-fold pamphlet. And I don't know how many dozens or dozens or hundred pamphlets my mother produced in her 70-year career, but she always said, the answer to a problem is a pamphlet. <laughs> lay out what the problem is, lay out what the solution is, pass it out to anybody who will listen, and practice your speech. And, I, and it was effective. It was very yeah. effective, yes. And I think that's something that we can really learn from. Now when I see pamphlets, I'm like, ugh. <laughs> but they can be very informative, and I think it says something about how she messaged to people and that that's she right. created that very simple message, again, bringing down the level to what everyone else could understand in a very clear level. Well, Kirsten, of course, her messaging was pre-internet. Yes. I would say now the message is in a tweet, <laughs> so it's even shorter than 400 words now. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> That's right. Well, one thing that I take from her story is that I am not jailed by my Enneagram number or my personality test. Um, You know, we are free to be who we want to be. And these skills can be learned. So for the mom that thinks, oh, no one would ever listen to me, or for the woman who is afraid she would never be able to articulate these issues, that's not right. I think my mother's greatest achievement in her life was teaching women how they can be influencers. And I have met countless women throughout my life who have said to me, I never would have imagined that I could have done the things that I did, like call up my congressman and tell him how to vote on an issue, if it weren't for your mom telling me I could do this. Mm -hmm. Her constituency of housewives across the country who were just watching the news and appalled by what was going on and and telling them that they had the power to get up and be influencers, she impacted so many women to get up and get out and do things. And that's what's really exciting. And what's remarkable is that that continues today. That was the beauty of what she set up, is that she set up an organization that could outlive her because she was training people. And those people trained people, just as you mentioned before. It's a force multiplier. (laughs) Indeed. Thank you for listening to this episode of Engage with Eagle Forum. In the next episode, we will hear how Phyllis Schlafly built one of the most effective grassroots organizations in the country that has flourished for almost 50 years. 
please be sure to subscribe to our podcast and follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. From our house to the State House to the White House, this is Engage with Eagle Forum. <laughs>